You're listening to the City Network Podcast. Our mission is to grow and multiply healthy churches in the Treasure Valley and beyond. Head to thecitynetwork.org for more info on our initiatives to catalyze church transformation and church planting. Here's today's podcast. All right. Welcome today to the City Network podcast. My name is Robert Frazier. I'm uh, on the board of the City Network and also just love to care for the church and see see growth and multiplication across the valley. We are a network that um, is is really passionate about helping people get, helping churches get healthy, helping, helping churches grow, and also helping churches multiply and get a mindset that they were created. Each church was created to propagate the kingdom, to send out um, people who are going to be leaders and missionaries who are going to plant themselves in a new place in our community or across the world and see the kingdom of God come to life in them and in the community that God raises around them. And today we have a special guest, uh, Mike. <laughs> my, my, there's too many M's in your name, Mac. <laughs> Mac Mayer, who's here from Life Church. Welcome. Hey, glad to be with you, Robert. And Mac, your your title at Life Church is I'm the executive pastor. Executive pastor, which means that you do all the stuff none of us pastors want to do. You take <laughs> care of the things that you know. It's kind of sit on the HR stuff, the leadership yep. stuff, making making stuff work for Mark over there at Life Church. Totally. Uh, and you know that's something I'm gifted at, and I love because uh, I would I would hate to have to preach every week. So to work in my skill set of building churches and organizations, man, it's a good day for me. Yeah, Mac, we've gotten to talk a little bit a couple of times, and each time I feel like you and I just are kindred spirits. We sit down and we start talking about the church and about what God's up to, and it's just like it's like fireworks happening. Before we before we dive into stuff we're excited about, I want to hear about you. Share a little bit, just a short bit about your journey, how you got into ministry, and uh, how God's been using you over there at Life Church. Thanks, Robert. You know, and really, it is kind of an interesting story because it fulfills my calling today. Um, You know, I grew up in kind of a bumpy household, Twin Falls, Idaho, and really wasn't connected to the church, wasn't connected to school, left school and and home early. And about 16, 17, I was kind of out on my own, but I just loved business. And I thought, man, I'm going to start my own company. I did. I started my first company at 18. And I had six companies by the time I was 21. And I just loved starting companies, developing organizations. It was just a fun passion for me. But what happened was I accepted Jesus through Christian business people later. I was almost 30 years old. But I started looking at the church and I go, how come I can build organizations and I can use God's principles for those, but the church isn't using his principles to grow their churches and to to grow grow the kingdom of God. And so it was kind of this perplexing concept that I just started, I was kind of weighing with God, what is this? And so he started teaching me more and more about how the church could apply those things. And then I was very fortunate to really come on with Life Church about eight years ago and um, utilize what God was teaching me and to, to help churches grow. Awesome. So, how did you get connected with Life Church? What got you from Central Idaho over to Southwest Idaho? You know, it, it was kind of interesting. In Twin, I said, "I'll never leave Twin Falls." A lot of us have said dumb comments like that. That yeah. God goes, "Oh yeah, watch this." 
And so one day he just spoke to me and he goes, I want you to move to Boise. I'd known Pastor Mark and I knew that he had, uh, I've known him now for about 30 years. And so I just came to uh, move to Boise, my wife and I, we started some companies here. And um, then I started uh, talking to Pastor Mark and explaining kind of what God was teaching me about church growth. And he goes, Mac, why don't you come on staff and do what God's teaching you? And so I did. And that was, like I said, about eight years ago. And now we're helping other churches to do the same type of thing. All right. Well, let's dive in because you and I could talk business and life and church forever. So I, we want to keep this 30, 40 minutes. So I want to I talk about as, as a business person stepping into a pastoral role at a church, helping lead a life church, where, where did stuff have a direct analog between business and church? And where did things have, like you had to shift how you thought about it once you got the church? What surprised you once you got there? Well, one thing that surprised me was how hard pastors work mm. is, you know, I think some of us have this mindset, oh, how tough is it to uh, be a pastor that, you know, you give a little talk once a week and you kind of hang out, maybe do some golfing during the week, do some prayer, go out to lunch with a few friends. That and, sounds nice. Can I, can I sign up for that job? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, that's uh, that was my conception and it, and it had nowhere a parallel to reality because I thought, oh my goodness, you know, the stresses of running companies and all those things and the stresses of church, I thought, wow, there's a lot of parallels here and there's tons of hard work, long hours, way more than I expected. Uh, I was used to it, but it was way more than I expected. So that had, you know, some similarities and it, it was just different, I think, representing God and really the magnitude of it, that and really stepping up uh, to that level of responsibility was a little, it, it, it was challenging. And I thought, wow, this is step up our game in this to be able to represent God is amazing. Well, what's, what's happened in your spiritual life as you've taken on this new role over the last eight years? And, you know, when, when you're in business, you can kind of, you can focus in, you can work hard, and then you, you know, you, there's some there's some spots where your your faith comes to life. But in your as a leader at a church, all of a sudden you have to integrate in this way that you haven't had to before. What's that done you for know, your that's, spiritual life? That's so true, Robert. You know, um, I think as part of uh, as part of a normal company, I had staff and I was concerned about them, and and so there was a lot of ministry happening in our companies just, you know, as part of taking care of staff. Uh, but I noticed my visibility obviously uh, stepped up into that. And I thought, you know, I want to grow and develop as part of this. The other side that happened was kind of a little bit of a culture shock to me is I had a boss where I've never had a boss before. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now I, I just can't free flow and do everything I want to. I've got people that I need checks and balances, really, which is great. We all need that to be able to come along with and really support someone else's vision and help them succeed. Well, I mean, doing that for eight years, it means you, you had to learn it. You, you couldn't just fake it and just focus on your thing. You had to figure out a, a partnership. I, I'd love to, we're going to talk church growth here in a minute, but I'd love to talk about how that's, how you've created a partnership with Mark as an executive leader alongside a visionary leader. Like what's, What's made that relationship work for you guys? You know, I think it, 
in any relationship, there's kind of this ebb and flow and uh, where I really needed to know what was important to him and really keep that important to me. And then on other areas, he gave me latitude and he said, Mac, you can do what you want in this area. And so really, I think it was that relationship of us working together. And there again, we've known each other for 30 years. We attended church before in Twin Falls. We were on boards together. So we did have a working relationship and rapport, which has been so beneficial. But I really needed to check myself in some areas and go, listen, Mac, this is what Pastor Mark is, is wanting to do, what is important to him. And you're here to help that vision come true and to help him support that. And so it didn't matter what I thought. I wanted to help him fulfill those areas of his. And once again, he gave me latitude in other areas that I could free flow in those areas too, which were, was very helpful. That's great. Well, um, and I, I got so many questions for you. That's what happens in these is that we get going and my, this is fun. Yeah. my plans go out the window. Um, so our, our metaphor that we use for the city network is really an agricultural metaphor primarily is when we talk about healthy things grow and healthy things grow and multiply. And so okay. we kind of, we start with church health. We start with, okay, um, how can we help leaders and churches be healthy so that they can stay it in the long term? Cause we think that longevity is actually one of the secrets of fruitfulness, um, particularly in ministry. The longer you're around, the more you're going to see these overnight successes that take 20 years of consistent input and building culture and leading well. Um, So we start with health. And then the second piece is growth. And I, you know, church growth in, in some ways has gotten a bad rap over the last 10 years after you know, the mega church has grown up and there's lots and lots of really large churches and across our country, they, some of them are phenomenal churches and some of them have had problems, but people stopped saying we need to grow. People started thinking like, even, you know, I lead a micro church network. And so we're trying to get small and large. We're trying to grow yes. through small, which is a little different, but I think that what, what I really want to hone in on is that healthy things grow. And that particularly in a place that's growing, just being a healthy functioning church, there should be growth in, in your church right now. And if there's not that anytime, you, anytime I, we, we do a tiny bit of gardening in my backyard, and if one of my plants stops growing, I know there's a problem. Oh. And in church life, we treat it like it's this external thing where if something stops growing, it's, it's out there. It's the, it's the it's the right. weather and it's, you know, the, the soil that we're in rather than asking internally what's wrong with us and what's happening. And a lot of churches wait so long to ask what's wrong with us that somewhere along the way, the engine of the church, the heart of the church falls apart. And so I think right. the church growth is so powerful and you have this church growth collaboration coming up here, August 16th through the 18th. And we're going to talk right. about that, but I, I want to start with asking you, what are some of the things that you've seen where you've taken the principles and the things that you've done in business and brought them into the church and seen them produce fruit at life church. Like what, what are the things that have worked and maybe some of the stuff that you're going to be covering at the collaboration? 
Right. Robert, I really love the way you think, obviously, it, because it's so interesting uh, that one of the things that we had to do at Life Church and we continue to do is just continually improve our staff, our culture, all those things. And we never want to stop that because we want to continue to get healthier and stronger. And you're right. The natural outcome of that will be church growth. The thing that breaks my heart, and I see this continually, is that there's pastors out there, and they've been saying this mantra to their self and to their wife for years, honey, next year it's going to be different. Honey, next year, next year it's going to be different. And it just breaks my heart because I know these are amazing men and women of God that they're believing for growth, that they're doing the best they can, but they really have no idea what to do in the natural and that they naturally can cause that growth to happen and that there's God's wisdom that they can use to make that happen. And so my heart just goes out to them because those are, and that starts by creating that healthy culture and empowering people to be able to grow. And you're exactly right. When we do, when we create this healthy environment, it will just be a natural growth where people will go, I love this church. And they're inviting their friends. They're inviting people to come in and it just, it, it's a natural outcome. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I think when you imagine the, the local church pastor, and I, I'm probably friends with three or 400, so I have some, some sample to draw from. Yeah. But when you look at the trajectory of their, we'll call it a career calling, you know, what the, what, when they've been in ministry, a lot of them may spend time at one to three churches over the course of their career. There's very few that see a lot of different things. And maybe they grew up in a small church. And in that small church, their gifts were activated because they were needed. And then they maybe train at a Bible college or a seminary, and then they take their first job and maybe they stay there for a while. And then they end up at one place for a long time. And so a lot of them have a very, very narrow set of experiences when it comes to church leadership. And most of them are probably at a Bible college or a seminary that didn't teach them how to lead, taught them how to exegete the scripture taught them how to teach the Bible, taught them maybe how to disciple, maybe, that's, that's a question mark, but most of them haven't, haven't learned how to lead. And so they get into, let's say they're in a church of 100 or 200 people, and you know, we all know those growth barriers that are a part of the structures of church that keep us back right. from growth. Um, but a lot of them don't have that input to draw from. Um, and, I, and I think that a lot, of, a lot of church leaders don't know that those are things you can learn. Like they think that it's it's just out there and it's preternatural to the leaders that are good at those things. They just know how to do them. But in reality, when you've had some experiences and you've seen some things, you take them and you grab them. So what are those things that like you see that aren't being done well that could lead to more fruitfulness in our churches? Right. Well, and you know, the first thing is that I would just encourage that everybody look, you know, one thing I had to do. Um, in developing companies is I had to break that down into three main areas. And the first one is, um, is what I'm giving to the public. What's my deliverable? And I really encourage pastors to think on this. And I'll, I'll give them a little drill. I think it'll be very beneficial to their staff is let's think about what we're giving people on Sunday morning or what that is that people are coming to. And what they're actually receiving, because see, there's this power of exchange that we're asking people to come to our church or come to our event, but understand that there are 
hundreds of things that are really uh, buying for their attention to go to. And so the element of exchange or that principle says that we believe whatever we're going to, we're going to get the most value from. Mm -hmm. And so we make these decisions on where we go buy our gas, where we go do our grocery shopping, what movies we go to, all these different things. We're making these decisions all the time on where we think it's going to be the most beneficial for us. Now, in the old days, people used to come to church just because it was a heritage thing and they would show up. Well, we're seeing that that's not no longer true. So with there's, that in there's mind, no social just, pressure for them. Yeah, exactly. No expectation. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. So people are getting away from that, being shamed to go to church. That is a terrible motivator. So I'd really encourage people to, to as leaders, to ask their staff, what do you want people to experience when they're here? What do you want people thinking on the drive home after they leave church? What do you want them to talk about in that car while they're all alone? What do you want them sharing? And, you know, uh, sometimes we'll think about what they don't want. You know, we don't want, oh, this was a rude church. Nobody talked to me. Okay. The opposite of that is it's a friendly church. And maybe we want people to embrace that. That children's ministry was amazing. Oh, they really cared about our kids. And our kids are so excited to come back next week to hear about Jesus. So I have to make a list of all these outcomes, per se, that we want people to experience when they come to that church. Oh, it was nice and clean. The bathrooms didn't smell. Uh, Everybody was friendly. The music. Oh, we just felt like we were in God's presence. Make that long list of what that is. And now let's see if we can create that and let's change to bring the goodness of God and and friendly children's ministry and all these things to really impact people. Mm. And when I talk to churches about doing that, it's like they've never thought of this before, that we're serving people and trying to influencing them towards the kingdom. And so make that list of what things that we want people to say And then now what do we do to get that outcome? And that'll be a great drill for pastors and church leaders. Well, and and most pastors have never shopped for a church. Like most pastors have never, I've had twice in my life where I had my childhood church blew up when I was like 22. And my wife and I are just like, we got to find some place to lick our wounds. And we looked at like 20, I went to 20 churches over six months, just around the Valley here, here in the Valley. And um, ended up at a a tiny little kind of white chapel with a, it was a place where I could just be myself and just right. kind of survive, which is what I needed. But I I learned a lot seeing twenty different churches and experiencing wow. what they do. Okay. And then when we moved to Boston for seminary, I spent quite a bit of time going, okay, where where are we going to spend these years? Where are we going to um, invest our lives in ministry? And uh, so you you learn a lot by experiencing other people. And most pastors have never done that. They, you know, when you walk into somebody, somebody else's house, you notice what it smells like, right? (laughs) Right. You you notice if they have a dog or a cat where you get smell blind in your own house. Right. That's a lot. What happens with churches, right? They get smell blind to their, to the oddities of their experience. When people are there, they, they don't notice the nasty carpet in the walkway because it's been there for so long. Um, and they, and they don't realize that those things are happening. So I, I think what you're speaking to is that the experience for the people coming, we, we need to, we need to get fresh eyes on that. We need to think about what they're getting from it. 
We really do. And I've hired secret shoppers to come into our church before, where I'll go into a coffee shop and I'm looking near our church and find a barista there. And I go, hey, man, you want to earn $100? And they go, what? What's that? And I go, hey, I've got a little sheet. I'd love you to fill out. You know that church right over there? Yeah, I know that church. If you'll show up there on a Sunday morning and uh, fill out this sheet, here's 100 bucks. I'll give it to you right now. And they'll go, Mac, I don't go to church. Or, and I go, exactly. And that's why you're perfect. I don't, I don't want you to be a Christian. I, I just want you to show up and fill out this sheet for you. And I'm going to give you a hundred bucks right now to be able to do that. And I know they're accountable, you know, or I'm going to presume that, believe the best, because they're, they're working at that coffee shop. And it's a bit amazing to hear people's feedback that aren't from a Christian background and the things that they're seeing or how they're interpreting what we're doing. Very powerful. What What are some of the insights you've gained from that? Well, you know, some of the things that we take for granted, obviously, some of our wording or Christianese. Uh-huh. Uh, one comment that I got, it wasn't specifically from that, but I can remember people go, communion, what is communion? Mm. I've never heard that phrase before. So assumed. That, if you've been to church, yeah, we know what this is. That, yeah. That we assume these things and that we've got these new people going, I don't know what a communion is or what these books of the Bible are. I've never heard about, you know, they might've heard a little bit about a Noah, but it's some concept out there, but the stories within the Bible, they're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And um, we take a lot of that for granted. Yeah. I I read on, it was a social post this week from Ed Stetzer. And what he said was, we're not, we're not competing with the church down the road. We're competing with a sunny day at a beach. And particularly in, in the Valley, the thing, the thing that's going to draw our people on a weekend is recreation, right? People move here right. for recreation. And I think that so often as pastors, we think that we need to get people to choose us over the church down the road. And to be honest, like that doesn't help anything. If, no. if I'm trying to get Christians to come to my church rather than their church so that we can give them religious goods and services in exchange for their attention and their tithes, all we've done is just build a little organization that does some nice things. We're not actually taking, taking new ground. And so we have to, we have to yeah. think differently. And, and I think that shift, it's, it, it, I'm a marketer. I own a marketing company and there's like this simple shift you make from talking about myself to talking about who I'm trying to reach, looking at them and going, okay, what, what's the need that they're looking to fulfill? And it's a different, like, it's not about being a part of a church for them. They're looking for a transcendent experience with the one true God. And we 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 don't we don't help them see that the church is the actually the answer for that. We don't we don't help them get a sense that this is the real benefit is not just a community and not just being a part of a church, but right. you literally are going to experience God when you show up with His people. How how Amen. are you doing at telling that story? Like what's what's worked for you in engaging people? You know, thank you. That is a great question. And by the way, I love that example that our competition is the sunny beach because that is so true. One thing that I I love the example and I I want I want people to put themselves in this play is suppose that um, somebody gets a call. Okay, some of your church people they get a phone call and they go, Ted, man, your team it's they're in the Super Bowl. It's going to be amazing, and it's your birthday. And we're putting on a party just for you, brother. I got all your finest foods. I've got all your stuff. It's your team. We're celebrating. This whole day is designed around you. So Sunday, I want you to come over. Now, what's Ted's response? 
here's what I want his response to be. Okay. And I want to create this outcome where he goes, man, brother, I, man, thank you so much for doing that for me. But Cindy and I, man, we can't, we can't miss church. It's too powerful in our lives. You know, we've got, you don't understand our kids would never allow us to leave church because they love it, the children's ministry and hearing about Jesus so much. And, and brother, this is going to church has totally changed my marriage. Is it now Cindy and I are happily married and we're walking together where before we were on the verge of divorce, our finances, our best friends are there. Man, I'll tell you what, I love what you're doing and I'll, I'll be glad to come over afterwards. But man, the price for me to pay to miss church is just way too big. And you don't understand, God is moving through Cindy. She's ministering to those, those unwed girls that she's ministering to. Brother, the, the cost is just too much. And here's what I'm hoping. Wow, Ted, that's amazing. Hey, do you, do you mind if I attend church with you too? That sounds like it's a powerful deal. And maybe we could do the party after church. And, and me and my wife could go for it with you guys. Because we could use some help in our marriage also. Mm -hmm. And really, that's the concept. That's what I'm trying to create is there's so much impact, so much value that people are going, no, man, missing church, it's just way too important. I can't miss church. This is, this is my marriage is better. My finances is better. My kids are better. Everything in my life. I, I got peace. I know the Lord is my savior. It's just way too, that, that's too much for me to miss. Yeah, I mean that's that's the concept of social proof, right? You're yeah. you're helping people see the value by people sharing their stories and then people start to imagine how their life could be transformed by experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Because that's what that's all we do as as human creatures, we look around, we see what other people do, and then we say, did that work or did that not work? And then right. I'm going to do the things that work and I'm not going to do the things that don't work. And so when we share those stories, when we when we uh when we can't help but just pour out, like when when I have something that I love, a brand that I love, or experience yeah. that I love, I'm going to tell people about it. Especially like a show I'm watching, Better Call Saul right now, which I think oh, yeah. is one of the one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. I can't believe I haven't watched it already, but I I just keep talking about it because I love it so much. It's easy, and that's what that's yeah. what you're talking about is that people's lives are transformed, and so they become yeah. a walking billboard for the church. Mm -hmm. They they espouse the benefits and the power and the passion and all those things. So true. I love that. Well, um, so we have this church growth collaboration, which I, I love you calling it collaboration because it means that we're we're bringing to the table what we're all learning, and then we're we're sifting through it to see what right. God could could help us with. Tell us what are the things we're going to be doing during the collaboration, August 16th through 18th, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's August 16th through 18th uh, here in Boise at Life Church. And um, it's what we're going to do is we're, we've got subjects on growth. We're going to present those subjects to growth. And then we're going to have people discussing them about their around their table, sharpening each other and bringing their ideas and their thoughts about how to make that happen. And we're going to open it up to the floor again and really share those ideas and those concepts throughout the whole room and really help people to, to be able to move forward and that they've got tangible steps that they know what to do to actually grow their church. Awesome. And, and what are kind of, what are the, um, the topics you're going to cover and who are the, who are the speakers who are going to be there? 
Well, I'll be speaking a lot, and Pastor Mark is going to be speaking a lot, and um, then we'll also have a lot of breakout sessions. So we've got our whole staff available. We're going to do a lot of breakout sessions around children's ministry, how to make that run properly, youth ministry, how to make that run properly, uh, young adults, on and on, We uh, security teams, how to have security around your church. So we'll have those people there to uh, to make sure that those uh, safety areas are in place. So we've got a lot of breakout sessions that people can partake on. And then the third day, which we believe is just, it's off the hook, it's going to be our most powerful day, is going to be all about developing outreach ministries out into our community. And I'm most excited about that because we've got um, some areas that we can really help churches with to be able to really reach out and grow and impact their air, their community in a tangible area that will also increase, obviously, the, the impact of their church and the growth there. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to talk some more about that. We talked the other day when we had coffee about how, how you're working to mobilize your church. And I think there's some really powerful stuff there. So let's, let's have another conversation. Does that sound good? I love it. Love it. I always love to talk to you, brother. It's sharpening each other here. Yeah. And uh, give us the details for location, website, all that stuff. Right. Well, and it's, uh, there's kind of a long name on the registration, so they could go to, it's uh, www.lcboise.com backslash church hyphen growth hyphen collaboration. We'll, we'll put and that so, in the show notes so people can put see. Put that in the show notes. <laughs> and actually they can get 30% off. We, the, it's $95 for three days tons of resources we give you, plus we give you breakfast, plus we give you lunch. And uh, we really are just here to help you grow any way we can. And then they put in growth 30 and they'll get 30% off that. So we just want to help and grow the church, grow the kingdom. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on Mac. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the City Network Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, join the discussion on our Facebook group at thecitynetwork.org slash group, or sign up at the website to subscribe to updates from our blog and podcast.